Uh, here's one thing, though, about change. As we get into today's message, you can turn in your Bible to Genesis 28. Change too many times is viewed in a negative light, okay? That too many times when we see change, some of it's because of the fear of the unknown, but we view change in a negative way. We look at it as what's being taken away from us, what's being subtracted, the things I have to give up, okay? Um, but I want you to know something, that change is not a negative thing. Change alone is unchanging, meaning it's happening all the time. And if we begin to open up our eyes and embrace change and see change as a positive thing, we'd be able to adapt to the thing that God has for us more quickly, okay? Change. Change is powerful, change is happening, and embraced, man, change is really a positive thing. When God is involved in the change, when God's the one promoting the change, which is happening more often than not, when God's the one bringing the change, change is always good, and it's for your betterment and for the fulfillment of his kingdom. But too often times, change is viewed in a negative way. One of our staff members is involved in a master's program at Point Loma, and uh, one day the professor decided to do an object lesson and had them all stand up and said, I want you to look at the person next to you. And I want you to, to look at them and memorize what they're wearing and all those things. And then in just a minute, I'm going to have you turn around and they're going to change something about themselves. And then you're going to have to turn back around and identify what things they changed. So they all stood up and they, they memorized, okay, this is what they have on. This is the way their hair is and all this stuff. And then they turned away. And as they turned away, I said, okay, change five things about yourself. And they changed those five things. Then they turned back. And said, okay, I want you to identify those five things. And so they started. And most of them couldn't identify all five, but maybe a couple of them. Okay? But then the professor stopped and said, okay, I want to ask this question. How many of you guys took, uh, uh, took something off to change your appearance? And every single hand went up. Yeah, we, we took something off. Put your hands down. How many of you guys put something on to change your appearance and not one hand went up? The study wasn't so much into identify the changes that took place as much as it was to identify that most people see change as taking something away rather than having something being added. Okay? We've got to understand something as Christians, as Christ followers, we are going through continual changes. The Bible says we're going from glory to glory. Okay? And, and too many times, though, in the Christian walk, when we get saved and we're walking in this journey, too many times we view the change that God is bringing in us as a negative thing. I can't do this anymore. I can't hang out with those people anymore. I can't go do this thing anymore. I can't. Okay? And we view it as a negative thing. And the thing is this, we get stuck in there and we literally minimize the Christian life. And we minimize all of the great benefits that come with being transformed from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians 5.17, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I know, I can't do this anymore. can't watch that show. I shouldn't be going to rated R movies. Right, I can't, you know, all these things. But you just missed out on something. Death, where is your? Guess what? Oh, I don't get to do all these. But think about what you do get to do. You get to have life and life eternal and life abundant and joy and happiness. And see, some of you are like, I don't get it. You know why you don't get it? Because you're over here thinking about all the things you had to give up. Really, here's the thing. You don't have to give anything up. You just surrender your whole entire life to God, and he might change some things in you and take maybe some things away. But what he gives you in return, okay? 
We, we see, but we view change the way the world views change. It's negative, it's bad, it's hard, it's complicated. Transitions stink, you know? Okay? Change. Change, when God's involved, is for our good. Let's read this. Genesis 28, starting in verse 10. And Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he came to a certain place. Everybody say, certain place. And he stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of that place, he put it under his head and laid down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and and the top of it reached the heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, the father and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad the east and to the west and the north and the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will be and will keep uh, you wherever you go. How many of you guys are thankful for that scripture right there? How many of you guys want to claim that one right there as your own? Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it, and he called the name of the place Bethel. But the name of the city was Luz at first. Hmm. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way, I will go and will give, uh, he will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, this stone, which I have set up as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a full tent. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, I thank you that your word is awesome. God, I pray that you bring this word alive uh, in this place. And God, you would speak to us throughout the remainder of our time. You're going to challenge us, encourage us, strengthen us. Lord, I pray for those that are sitting in this room right now that are going through some sort of change. God, whether it's a move, uh, uh, God, whether it's a financial change, whether it's a relational shift, God, that, that you would absolutely speak, Lord God, and encourage and build up in faith in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Change. Uh, the definition of change is this, to, uh, to make the form, content, or future course of something different from what it is or what it would have been if left alone. To change the form, to change the substance, to change the, the course of something than what it would have been had it been left alone. I want you to know something this morning. God does not want to leave you alone. God wants to come and God wants to bug you. God wants to prompt you. God wants to put his finger on some things in your life because as he does that, change is beginning to take place. And the change that God brings is always for your betterment and for the furtherment of his kingdom. Change, it's difficult at times. It's frustrating at times. 
But when we begin to embrace God in the middle of it, man, something amazing begins to happen. Jacob, as we read today, uh, is a guy who's on a journey, and there is a lot of change taking place in his life. A lot of change. Jacob, the reason he's actually leaving where he's at and going to this new place are really for two reasons. But we need to understand something about his journey, okay? His journey starts a little bit earlier in the, in the, in the, in the scriptures here. And what's taking place is Jacob now deceives his brother and gets his brother's birthright. You can go back and read about that. Esau comes back. He's got, he, he went out hunting, and he's got some stuff to bring back, and he's hungry. He's, he's famished, okay? He's so hungry that he literally sells his birthright for a bowl of soup, okay? Jacob manipulates him, gets his birthright. Jacob does this on his own, okay, under his own power under his own ability. How many of you guys know that in life you can accomplish some things without God? It's true. You can be successful to a certain degree in life without God. Okay? You, you can obtain wealth. You can have a great marriage even without God. Okay? Listen to me. Here's the thing that a lot of people confuse. They look at the world sometimes. And they say, well, well, they don't know God, but look at all this that they have. Yes, but it's unto nothing. Okay? It's unto nothing. Okay? Jacob has now obtained this on his own. A little bit further into the story now, Jacob actually comes along and deceives his own father. Deceives his own father. Esau apparently was a hairy man. I'm not going to mention any names in here today, okay? He was a hairy man, and so, so, so Jacob, he literally kills, uh, he gets a, you know, some skins from an animal, puts it on his arms, comes in, says he's Esau. Think about that, that's a hairy individual right there. Esau, okay? And the Bible says he blesses Jacob thinking it's Esau. Jacob manipulates again, okay? Now, Esau is mad, okay? So now here's where we find Jacob, and he is literally at this point running for his life. He knows that Jacob's ticked off. Jacob's coming back for revenge. Jacob wants to kill him. He's mad, okay? And, and so Esau wants to kill Jacob. And so now Esau's coming back. Jacob's like, I got to get out of here. And his mom's like, yeah, go find yourself a wife. Come on, somebody. So he's leaving for two reasons. He's leaving to find a wife, but he's leaving to get out of Dodge because someone wants to kill him. Okay. To the point where this journey he's on is not a casual journey. He, he's running from his life. To the point where we pick it up in the story, and we see in the story now that as Jacob is on his, on his journey, he comes to a certain place. Okay? Certain, if you look at this word in the Bible, this, this certain place, it's a place uh, uh, unspecified. It has no specific significance. It's an insignificant place, okay? It's not like he thought, I'm going to go this far on my journey tonight, find a comfortable place to sleep, stop there for the night, and then get up and go again. The only reason he stopped his progression of the journey now was because the sun had set, okay? It's now getting dark. Okay, most people, when they go on a journey that's planned out, they go for a distance, they find a comfortable place to sleep, they lie in a bed. Are you with me? Okay? Unless you're us on a road trip across nowhere this last summer. Then you just pray the whole way. Okay. He's on a journey. But it's not an ordinary journey. The Bible says the sun had set. It's dark. And so in that instant, in that moment, in that unspecified place, in that place of no significance, and for Jacob, it was a hard place. It was a rocky place. It wasn't the place that most people would sleep. It was so rocky and, 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 and so insignificant that the only thing he could find his, uh, for his pillow was a rock. 
When's the last time you did that? Okay. Think about that. Takes a rock, places it for a pillow, lays down, goes to sleep. Sunset, it's dark. I have nothing. Okay. How many of you guys ever found yourself in that season of life before? I love that it says a certain place, and it means an unspecified place. You know what that means to me? That means we can fill in the blank. Maybe it's the way I'm living my life. I have a certain life, but the sun set, and I have no more vision because it's dark. Maybe it's, maybe, it's, maybe it's a certain marriage. I feel like, man, the sun is set on, and I, I have no, maybe it's financial, maybe it's schooling, maybe it's relational in some other aspect, maybe it's a business. You ever found yourself in that place before? Where, man, it's dark, and I, I, I'm just not feeling it. I'm just going to go to sleep. Finds a rock. <laughs> Apparently, he is so tired. Now, think about this. Now, he is looking over his shoulder. He's running. He finds a place. He lays down. He's going to get some quick rest, and he's going to get up and get going. Look, he rises early in the morning in the story. Lays down, and in that place of no significance, in that certain place that is dark, in that certain place that is rocky and is stony, that literally vision is no longer because it's dark, in that place, God begins to speak to him. And God begins to give him a vision. And God begins to say some things to him. He says, hey, all the things I promised Abraham, all the things I promised Isaac, those things, guess what, Jacob, you're a part of that. You're a part, listen to what God's saying to Jacob. Jacob, you're a part of a bigger picture. Life isn't about you. You don't have to work all your life trying to manipulate, trying to scheme, trying to find success, trying to make yourself better, trying to do this. What you've got to understand, Jacob, is that I have a plan, and you are a part of that plan, and if you would say yes to that plan, I will be with you, I will never forsake you, and I will fulfill all the promises I promise to you, and I will not leave you. Look at the scripture. I will not leave you until I have fulfilled it. I won't leave you. I'm going to be with you. Okay? Listen to me. We can accomplish a lot of things in life on our own, but we will be scheming, we'll be manipulating, we'll be working the system just to try to get ahead. But God will show up in the middle of your darkest moment, in the middle of your rockiest season, and he'll begin to speak to you and say, hey, I have a purpose for your life. And that purpose for your life is not just for you to be successful. It's not just for you to have this. It's not just for your marriage. It's not, it goes beyond that. It goes generational. It started in Abraham. It got passed to Isaac. And now I'm passing it to you, Jacob, and in you, all of Listen to what it says. All of, man, is a good message today. Pastor, you're sounding a little charismatic today. Okay. And he says it's going to go from you, and it's going to hit every generation. That insignificant place, as Jacob is working the system on his own, God shows up. I love it. Because Jacob wasn't even looking for God. God has a way of showing up in the Bible to people that aren't even looking for him. Moses, burning bush, backside of the desert. Saul, road to Damascus, going to kill all of us. Right? God has a way of showing up. Why? Because his plans far exceed our plans. Many are the plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, it's the Lord's counsel 
manifesting. Jacob has this dream, and in his dream he sees angels ascending and descending. At the name of this passage, he calls the place Bethel, which means house of prayer. In this vision he has, God begins to show him the dynamic of prayer, that our prayers go up, and then God comes down and answers. Begins to show him some principles within spiritual warfare, that we've got to pray, we've got to proclaim, and in so doing, God's up there, and he's going to send the answers. And then he begins to make these promises. And look what happens next. This is really good. He's in a certain place. Everybody say certain place. It's a place unspecified. It's it's a place of insignificance. It's a hard and rocky place. It's a place he doesn't want to stay there. He just wants to keep going. And in that moment, God shows up, gives him revelation, and he wakes up the next day. And he wakes up, and his first words are this. Surely God is in this place, and I did not know it. Wow. Surely God's in this place. Now listen to what happens. Listen to what happens. And then he steps back for a minute and he says, How awesome is this place? When he arrived on the scene, it was a place of insignificance, it was a certain place. And then God shows up on the scene, and it becomes an awesome place. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know something today. I believe with all my heart that God wants to take you from a certain place to an awesome place. God wants to take you from a certain place in your marriage to an awesome place in your marriage. God wants to take you from a certain place in your relationship with him right now to an awesome place in your relationship with him. God wants to take your business from certain to awesome. God wants to take your provisions from certain to awesome. Listen to me. There are some of you here today. That your life has just become mundane. It's just, ah. And God wants to take that certain life. And he wants to make it an awesome life. And the one thing that the whole thing hinges on is realizing that God is in my moment. And I didn't even know it. God is in, as I laid my head on that pillow, God is here. And I didn't even recognize it. Some things I want you to just, just, just gather real quickly. If you're a note taker, you can write them down. If not, just, just kind of lock them into your, 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 your mind. First thing is this, is that Jacob hears God's voice. God began to speak in a dream and in a vision. God still does that, but many times God also speaks through your pastor on a Sunday morning. Through a friend as you have coffee, through a a parent, through a child. Try that one out. It's a powerful moment. God uses those things and God is speaking. The Bible says in Revelations 2 7, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. God is continually declaring. And it is up to us as Christ followers and Christians to begin to tune in our ear to hear it because we need to get on his game plan. We need to hear the quarterback. Come on, somebody. Calling out the place. If not, you end up in the wrong place at the right time, but it's the wrong place. <laughs> and the ball go whiz- goes whizzing by you. Listen, we've got to learn to hear God's voice. Jacob heard God. You've got to hear him. You've got to hear him. We've got to learn to identify when it's God speaking 
okay? Or when it's the pizza we ate. Come on, somebody. Okay? We've got to learn to identify that. God is speaking all the time right now. I'm in a season of prayer and fasting. I'll break my fast. Praise Jesus. Fasting's good, but come on, eating's a whole lot better, right? And so I'm going to break it after this service. been fasting for the last three days. going to do it again next week and the weekend after. But here's what's happening. As I'm fasting, my ear is getting tuned into what God's saying. And I'm hearing. And the cool thing is, is, once you hear it, then you have the obligation to either obey it or disobey it. Right? He hears it. Second thing he does is he recognizes it's God talking. When he wakes up in the morning, surely God is in this place, and I didn't know it. He heard God, but then he recognized that that was truly God's voice. And when you begin to recognize that it's God's voice, man, something literally has to happen at that point. Because here's the thing, we can hear God, and we can know that it's God, but then something has to be done on our part. Okay? Jacob hears it, that's definitely God, I recognize it. Okay? But something else has to be done. You have to acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge. Now listen, God speaks every Sunday morning as we're here together, going through the Word. Okay? How many of you guys have ever been in a service before and I've been sharing the Word and you're like, man, that is for me today? Only four of you. Okay? You think that that's for me. Okay? How many of you guys are sitting there and you're like, that's for me? And then you're like, how does he know what I'm going through? I don't. He does. But that's why I pray. And that's why I study the word. And that's why the Holy Spirit prompts me on what I'm supposed to speak on in those moments and in those seasons. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, he's really good. I'm really not that good. I just know how to get down on my hands and knees and cry out to God. <laughs> okay. But you, you hear God's voice on a Sunday, and you know that, wow, that's speaking to me. And you walk out of the doors knowing and recognize that was God, and I should probably change, but then change doesn't take place. Here's the thing. God will never make you change. He'll plead with you through people. He'll plead with you through the Spirit, through His Word, but He'll never make you change. Okay? Okay, change is something that we have to grasp in order for it to have a full effect in our life. He hears, he recognizes, this is the, I love this point. If you don't get any other point, get this one. Then he acknowledges, surely the Lord is in this place. And it is at the acknowledgement that something powerful happens. If we can just stop for a moment in the middle of our darkness, in the middle of our stony season, and we can just stop for a moment, hear God, know that he's speaking, but then begin to say, you know what? This might be a bad season, but greater is he that is for me than he that is in the world. I am the head and not the tail. No weapon formed against me and prosper. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. When I begin to acknowledge God in the middle of my circumstance in the middle of my situation something happens what happens that certain place look at the very next phrase that certain place as he acknowledges surely the lord is in this place surely god is in my marriage surely god is in my finances surely god is in this moment look what happens then he steps back for a minute and fear grips him and he says this this is an awesome place it went from an unspecified place of no significance to a place of great significance because he realized, listen to me, the Bible says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. 
Never. Listen to him. When you're going through that difficult season, guess what? He hasn't left you. He hasn't left you. Matter of fact, he'll provide a stone for you. He'll provide a stone. Listen to me. If you are going through that season, ladies and gentlemen, if you do nothing else, get a hold of the rock. Get a hold of the rock of Jesus Christ. Get a hold of him. Lay your head on. The Bible says that, 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 that all these things are going on in my life. I can't lean into my own understanding. But in all my ways, I've got to acknowledge him, and he will direct my steps. Listen to me. If you can't get a hold of anything else in that dry, dark season of your life, at least lay hold of the rock that is higher than you. Because, man, that thing, when you get on that rock, I'm telling you, revelation begins to come. Inspiration begins to come. God, God begins to speak and declare the things that he has for you for you. If you don't get a hold of it, grab hold of Jesus. Lay hold of him. And then when he begins to speak, man, begin to acknowledge, man, God, that's you. God, you're speaking. There's so much that's powerful when you, now listen, the Bible says death and life and the power of the tongue. And those that love will eat of its fruit. There is so much power in your confession. Listen, if, if you're walking around confessing all the bad things that have happened in your past, guess what? You're going to be bound by all the bad things that have happened in your past. Now, I'm not talking about from a testimony standpoint. Man, show your testimony. This is where I was, but see, what makes a testimony powerful is not where you were, but what Jesus Christ did in you. That's what makes it powerful. Because it's at that cross where the past is the past, and now all things have become new. But what's too, too many times our, our acknowledgement or our, our confession is, man, you know, I'm really going through a difficult season right now. It's okay to realize, okay, but it's nothing to walk around confessing how bad your life is. What do you, do you want somebody to come in an agreement with you on that? <laughs> Let me just agree with you right now, because whoever two or three agree upon, man, it'll be done. <laughs> man, you are going through a horrible season right now, and you have not yet seen horrible, you know. And we, we, we talk about, listen, now there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, this is what I'm going through, but you know what? I know that God's going to bring me through it. And you know what? We might not always feel like that, but that's why we have the body of Christ to stand with one another, to pray with one another, to believe when one is down, the other picks them up, and it's a powerful thing. We acknowledge God in the middle. Man, right there, he wakes up. Surely God is in this place. Now listen to me. Apparently he went back to sleep because in the Bible it says he rose early the next morning. So he had this thing happen in the middle of his he woke up, and he was still laying on the same hard rock. He was still looking at the dark night, but his confession had changed. Surely, God, this is not a certain place. This is an awesome place. Goes back to bed, rises early the next morning, takes the rock that he had laid his head on. Now, listen to me. This is the last point I want to give you because this is something we need to do. Takes the rock that he has laid his head on and sets it up as an altar pours oil on it as a remembrance. Because listen to what God said in that vision. I'm going to bring you back to this place. So when you come full circle and you come back to that place, you can look and say, wow, see what God did? See what Jesus did? See, see what God did in my life? <laughs> see how he brought me through that? Now listen to me. This is so good. The children of Israel are coming up out of Egypt. This is great. Good job, Pastor. Thank you. Studied hard. Amen. Children of Israel are coming up out of Egypt, and they come to the Jordan. 
River. Anytime you see the Jordan in the Bible, it's a place of transition. It's a place of change. They're about ready to cross over, and this is what they do. They, they get the Ark of the Covenant, and they put it on 12 shoulders. They walk through. Now, as they begin, the, the Bible says, as soon as the, the feet of those carrying the Ark touch the water, the water is rolled back. Talk about walk by faith, not by sight. See, honestly, God's just waiting for some of you to take the first step. I don't know what's waiting for me in San Diego. I, I, I'm leaving a job. I'm leaving a place. Uh, I don't know what's waiting for me there, but you know what? I, I, I can't see the water parted yet, but you know, I'm just going to take the first step. As soon as the feet hit the water, the Bible says that it rolled back all the way to Adam. Listen, see, too many of us want God to do something, then we will act. But God is waiting for you to do something, and then he's going to act. It's called faith. It's called faith. See, listen to me now. No one else saw the dream that Jacob saw. No one else might see what's going on inside of you, but as you begin to walk it out, it'll begin to manifest on the outside. Children of Israel crossing over the feet hit, the water rolls back, and they all walk across on dry ground. Once they get across, they do something very significant. They go back into the Jordan, which they had crossed over, a place of change, a place of transition, a difficulty. How are we going to get across that? And they grab 12 stones, one for each tribe, and they bring it back, and they set it up for an altar of remembrance. And listen to what it says. Though. Listen to this, listen to this. It says this, that, that when the children, future children, ask us what that is, we'll be able to tell them of the miracles and the great things that God has done. God wants you to take that difficult season, that hard season. Listen, you're going to make it. You're going to get from certain to awesome. I, I told you how to do it today. Just lift up your eyes from whence comes your help. Your help comes from the Lord. And you lift up your eyes and you acknowledge God in the middle of whatever your certain season is. It will become awesome. But at the end of the day, listen to me, it did not become awesome just for you. It became awesome for Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all future generations that would come after him. Listen to me, if we would begin to set up altars of remembrance in our life, when the enemy, because I'm telling you right now, the enemy will come and begin to whisper lies. Your marriage ain't going to make it. The church will never work. The, the new name you picked, Pastor Ben, is a dumb one. I'm just telling you the truth telling you he'll come alive you're not really saved you don't really believe in in jesus you're not really a christian you're a loser you're a nobody you're a oh it's gonna come but at that moment there, there's 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 my there's my altar i was all those things you just said but because of what christ did in my life Behold, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. Yeah, become brand new. Whatever difficult season you're walking through right now, let me tell you this. You will look back one day, and you'll have a story to tell your children. You'll have a story to tell your grandchildren. You'll have a story to tell your friends. Oh, I know what it was like to not have a job for about six months. But you know what? God. 
I know what it was like to, to owe a good chunk of money and not know how I was going to pay it back because the economy went south. On, but you know what? God. Yeah, I know what it was like to make some mistakes. But you know what? My child isn't a mistake. That's a remembrance. And we take that difficult season and we set it up as an altar. For you, for all those who are with you, and for those who are going to come. Whatever season you're walking through right now, whatever change is kind of taking place, I want you to know something. God wants to take you from certain to awesome. God, we thank you for your word today.